Learn the most empowering hiring techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with your host, Rick Gerard. Referrals are your most important source of talent for your organization. So investor referrals must be the holy grail of all referrals. After all, there's a vested interest in your company's success. So why shouldn't these referrals be outstanding? There's another thing to consider. Yes, these referrals are gold, but it is dangerous to assume that this person will automatically thrive in your unique company. We cannot forego a formal interview process based on a strong voucher from a trusted source. The only way we discover if they will, in fact, thrive is to be diligent in the interview process and to really understand if the person desires the value your organization brings to the table. The decision needs to be made through evidence and buy-in rather than assumptions, confirmation bias, and personal motives. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and executives win-win the strongest people by sharing insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, game changers, and industry leaders like our guest today, Mr. Robert Whalen. Robbie is the co-founder and CEO of PTO Exchange, the first benefits platform that allows employees to self-direct the value of their unpaid paid, used time off for other needs and causes. Now, he is a serial entrepreneur that has over 25 years selling and developing software and hardware products for the world. Under his leadership, Rob and his co-founder, Todd Lucas, have led PTO Exchange to Cool Fender of the Year by Gardner in 2017 and awarded Awesome New Technologies at the Health and Benefits Leadership Conference in 2018, which is what makes Robert the perfect expert for today's topic. Rob, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Great. Rick, thanks for having me on your show today. Really appreciate it. It's a pleasure to have you. So we're going to talk about investor referrals, which you've got some pretty interesting experience with. So let's open it up with a hiring story. Yeah, we, we have. Um, I, you know, the, the story that, that came about was really in its very infancy of the company. And uh, Rick, I think I, I think when, you know, you find a company and it's either in a garage or <laughs> mine was at my dining room table. You know, you find founders that that uh, believe they are in it with you. And I think what we found uh, after the you know first year that Todd and I were working on this project with the other two founders, um, that Todd and I were doing most of the work. And, uh, you know, prior to the end of the year, uh, where the other founders would have started vesting their shares, uh, which would have put the company in a position where we wouldn't have been able to raise capital. Um, you know, Todd and I and the other founders, we, we decided to part ways and, and Todd and I bought the other founders out of their shares, uh, so we could write the ship and make sure that the capital, uh, was correct. And in doing this, Rick, what, what Todd and I started to really realize was that, you know, the timing of people's, uh, in, in your company, and it's not just timing from bringing them on board, it's what they're bringing to the company. Um, you know, those two other founders, they had, uh, great assets to bring to the company. It just wasn't the right time. Um, and so they didn't, they didn't do much. Um, and so Todd and I actually sat down and created a, just a, a really short, you know, kind of a policy and a process around just hiring people. Um, and we, and we thought, uh, you know, that that's what we should use for everything. And it's, it became kind of this standard and very critical piece uh, that we do all the time now. Um, and then one time that we didn't do it, 
by the way, that that hire was not a good hire. But, you know, we looked at, you know, in the early days, what does the company need, right? And it's not even like, it's like, what does the company not know um, was one of the things. So Which is a lot more <laughs> than they, what they need, right? <laughs> yeah, because you're, you're trying to solve problems. And then we then we looked at, you know, in that same process, we wanted this person who would be joining the company to have at least three things that we wanted them to accomplish. And sometimes you think, oh, this is this this is going to be put into the job description. You know, it's kind of hard to describe that in a job description. Um, you know, it might be, you know, just something that we just don't know or, or a process that we're trying to come over or get over. Um, and then we we said, hey, we have to interview. We have to have at least three interviews. In the early days, it was just Todd and I, so it was just two. But um, and then we did a gut check on the culture and the willingness to learn. Um, and, and this is really in that problem solving piece, right? Because we don't, early companies like us, we don't have a lot of capital to pay for people. So really the, the value that we're going to bring to that individual was in the early stage, right? It was in the options or the shares that we would be giving them. Sure. And then the fifth one, which I think a lot of people don't follow today is just reference checks. And it's not it's not reference checks just to check up on them, but it's actually an action item that uh, the candidate would have to do. Um, they would have to find people to get on a phone with you um, just to you know check the reference. But just having that action uh, was really important to us. Um, and so we, we created this early on in the company, which we find now is probably one of the better things we did. Um, because in the early stage, every employee has so much influence over the culture, over the uh, the growth of the company, over the product. Um, and so we did that. Every person you bring, even if it's just somebody to get the trash, is critical to the organization in one way or the other. They can make or break the company very easily. Yep. And, and there's this old saying that the first 10 people in the company define the culture of the company. And I believe that to be really true. I mean, we're 18 employees right now uh, in our company. And um, even then, you know, each one of those individuals has a lot of influence uh, over the company. Well, I think a lot of it stems from you as the leader. And that's where the baseline of your values comes from. But then everybody should be contributing that and helping to build up that culture. Yes. Yep. Um, and they really need to align with the mission of the company uh, is also important. Let's get into the challenge, because when you went to start to raise capital, you actually kind of shared with me a story of a VP that you were trying to hire, right? And that's what kind of sprung this topic was, hey, great referral coming from an investor, but was it necessarily the right person? Yeah. And in the early, you know, we took on this capital and it was great. We had and, and these these people are great investors and great partners. Um, but as you know, investors have a large influence over your company, uh, sitting on the board and um, making suggestions on how you should run your business. Um, and they have, you know, relationships, you know, they have relationships in other portfolio companies, other companies that went public and so on. Um, what they what I think people need to remember is they are not there at the day to day managing your business, having coffee with the employees. Um, and I think you know, when they make a referral, and in this case, we were looking for a VP of sales, um, and we were probably 60 days in, um, and we got a couple referrals uh, from the venture. Um, and 
And what they do, rightfully so, it's not really a mistake, but they they associate this person's success at another portfolio company, um, and they believe that they're going to bring that same value to their other portfolio company. It's kind of a known entity, and that's great. Um, but they assume was the key word there, right? They, they assume, they assume that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, um, and and I think what what we found is obviously we have hired uh, referrals from our uh, venture, which have met our needs. Um, but in this story, uh, what we were looking for um, was a VP of sales, because in the early days of building a company, you're either building or selling, and that's and that's pretty much all you're doing. Um, but having a person come in that has a lot of experience, that has an expectation of what he's seen, sometimes doesn't allow them to see the problems that need to be solved. And I think when we went through this process and you know having this process allowed us to push back on candidates that maybe our investors thought we should hire at the time. Um, and it also has to do with the capital you have. These, you know, other people have a large salary and and we, we really looked at it as, you know, these these people were were gonna have a big effect and and so we needed to really be able to <clears throat> uh, how do I say this? Uh, really be able to make sure that they were gonna be growing into the role. Um, and so we really, we really looked for people that maybe didn't have the VP of sales role, had a director of sales role, and and were more willing to come in at a lower price point, but yet had all the capabilities of learning and doing. But what was the problem that you actually ran into with this particular case? With, with this particular case, well, in this particular case, we had to prove to the to our investor, right? We were running up against some angst that they wanted us to hire a particular person. Especially since you're 60 days in, right? Yeah, 60 days <laughs> in, we're, we're drive, trying to drive revenue. Uh, so it was really one of those things that uh, they were getting a little bit upset that we weren't hiring quicker uh, for this position. Um, but it wasn't the right fit. Um, it was expensive, um, you know, and it didn't meet kind of our, what we had as our goals and our process. But having that process, Rick, allowed us to explain to the venture or to the investor why this person didn't fit. Um, and we wound up getting an incredible VP of sales um, that has done a, a great job. Um, but he wasn't a VP of sales prior to coming with us. So the problem was really that emotional piece where these investors want to add value. And they do. They add value. Um, but sometimes you have to have these processes in place to explain to them or to prove or to show uh, that your decision is, is the right decision. You know, just writing down those five points, I think, is a great learning moment for anybody listening to the show right now, because we don't take the time to do that. I mean, just sitting down and writing it down and saying, hey, look at this criteria by which we're measuring people. This is how we're going to bring people on board. That's often put on the back burner. We think about, hey, you know, what? let's approach this later on down the road. That's like a later problem. But doing it early, even when you brought on your first co-founders, if you actually had that documented and you ran through that, it probably would have saved you a lot of time and effort in that co-founder, like whether or not you brought in those co-founders at that point. It would have saved us a lot of time. Um, 
in, in doing that. And, and it really helps you define what your company's next steps are as well, Rick. Like you're going through these transitions so quickly as a startup, making sure that you have uh, this process in place helps you find the next right employee at the right time. Um, and that's really important. That is so very true. Are you listening to the Higher Power Radio Show? And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find additional content and resources for you to find your link to order healing career wounds. Let it be your secret weapon to landing the strongest talent. Our guest today is Robert Wayland, and we're talking about referrals from VCs and how to capitalize that in the most effective way. He just shared with us a really great story on his experience and how that could have been a disaster, but he was able to avoid that. Now that your second person probably came, did that come from an investor referral, the one that you did end up hiring? Yes. There you yes, go. They, yep, they did. And and again, following the process, it it met it met our needs, right? They um and and I think also this was the other thing we did. We also shared with the with the investor what we were looking for and the process that we that we followed. Um so that they were more in line with what we were looking for so they could make the right referral. Um, and I think that's the other important piece is discussing your process and your needs with your board, with your investors, so that they actually can, you know, make the right referral instead of just, you know, shotgun approach. All right. So let's parlay that. So what were the four steps that you took or what have you that enabled you to solve this problem? First, it was obviously kind of writing those down. What would be the next step? Well, so the, the, the steps that we that we took were... Um, you know, we we looked at kind of the the candidate uh, and their experience and the title, um, and 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 the responsibility uh, that they would be taking over, knowing that they could be uh, work within a small and agile company, right? Um, their ability to solve problems, right? So we 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 took that in as uh, as something we uh, that they needed, um, and then. Also, I think uh, the ability to learn um, and and to grow um, out of their comfort zone, because sometimes, like I was talking about earlier, the the job description doesn't tell you everything that the, is in the job, and sometimes it's kind of open ended, which I know sometimes it's a negative, um, but uh, it it actually uh, you have to have people that are willing to go out of their way and and be that mission-driven person. And those are all elements that are critical to whether or not somebody's going to be successful in your particular environment, right? Yeah. But getting back to like just kind of understanding how did you say no to the investor, right? Like having that pushback, right? So the documentation was one piece of it. But when you're getting that pressure, hey, you're 60 days in, let's just get this filled. And we're starting to doubt your ability to fill this role. There's an amount of pressure there that could come in that's pretty, can be overwhelming. Yes, it is. A, it, it can be overwhelming, but documenting the process and then sitting down with your investors and walking them through, uh, you know, your day to day and the process that you've put into place in hiring and and why these like in the interviewing process, we actually document it so we could actually share that with the uh, investor who was who was pressuring us. And in turn, by doing that, Rick, what what we found was that uh, they realized that this person was not the right fit and which became 
That's a key component, documentation, because we don't document. We have conversations about baseball for 45 minutes and go, hey, I really like this person. We should hire them. And, and I think that's, that's, that's where you have to communicate and collaborate with your board and your investors on what, what it is you're looking for so that they actually make the right referral. So you don't run into this, again, this emotional angst of running the business. Knowing when to say no to the investor is kind of the first piece. Yep. What would be the second piece? This, the second piece of, of that is just really understanding your day-to-day and the culture that you're trying to build um, and, and making sure that those candidates align with that. I think culture is really, really everything. Um, and, and making sure that that person can align with everyone in your organization, especially with, with the, uh, you know, you're a small company, they have a, they have a large influence over the company. Um, so, you know, those are the other things that we, we looked at. Culture stemming from your values to make sure that people actually align with the mission, the purpose of the company and everything else. But also, is there anything that you're looking for? I mean, as as far as them being an additive to that culture? Yeah. I mean, an additive to the culture, meaning that they're going to bring value to, to the business, um, and also understand that, you know, you do have a board, you do have investors, and there is this pressure to, uh, to succeed. You know, it's funny in an interview process, which is kind of short, and it's kind of like a speed date in most cases, it's really hard to find that sometimes, you know, where's the value in this person? Or how is this person going to enable my company to grow? Is that something you're looking for in the process as well? Yes, obviously, we're looking for the person who can, you know, again, (laughs) <laughs> we we make that list of what is it we need or what is it we don't know and and those are some of the questions that we ask the uh the candidate um and then we also sit down and have a problem solving um conversation with them understanding how they problem solve um and we don't just do that with you know that's part of the interviewing process with the three um people that are interviewing this candidate so that that they we all get an understanding of how they think and how they solve a problem and solving the problem the same way isn't necessarily what you're looking for. Uh, sometimes you're looking for the person to actually have a different solution or a different problem-solving skill than, than you currently have within your organization. Um, and this brings in uh, diversity and developing the company's ability to be more agile uh, when confronted with roadblocks. Well, you mentioned something earlier that was kind of interesting. You said you ended up hiring for that VP role a person who was a director, who wasn't necessarily VP. Being able to recognize that that's usually your most successful hire. You're providing growth for that individual at such an exponential level, not only just from the title and the level of responsibility, but also giving them something that they haven't worked on before, as opposed to trying to find somebody who's already done what you are looking to do and just have them rinse and repeat and do the same thing over and over again. I find that to be dangerous. Yes. And, and, and by having that where they have to stretch a little bit, uh, they're more engaged and they're more, there's a more willingness to willingness to learn. Um, and it, it's kind of like finding that young quarterback who you don't have to pay a lot to, and they're trying to make a statement. Right. And, and so they're going to work a little harder. They're going to be uh, more willing to learn, to get more experience. Um, and I think that's what we have found with our hiring process because of, you know, we're a small company, uh, we don't have the benefits and, and the, uh, the bank account like a lot of large Microsofts or Amazons. Um, we have to look for the gems kind of in the second tier that can rise to that, 
to that level. Those are the gems for me that you just provided. Finding somebody who can rise to that occasion, number one, and then of course, documenting everything and sharing that with people. Yep. Putting that out on your website, letting people know, hey, these are our values. This is how we operate. This is how we hire. These are all super important things that just project that you know what you're doing, even if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think I, I think when you're an investor, kind of back to one of the challenges that we had earlier, they're not really thinking about that second tier. They're trying to put a tier one team together. And as the entrepreneur, you're looking at that and saying, we only have 20 months of runway. If we, you know, add two of these, we now go down to 15 months of runway. Um, and that has a large effect on how you're running the business. We're getting pretty close on time. Rob, what would be two or three key takeaways you can give the audience to can plug into the business today? Well, obviously, you know, create the process early and it doesn't have to be difficult, just a simple uh, process that you have um, and make sure you follow it. And write it down. So Rick, I, <laughs> I've made bad hires and it's really because I've been in a hurry to to get there. And that's, and that's been a problem. Um, the other one is just, I think culture fit is the most important. And I know that, you know, diversity is important too, but also having similar experience is important uh, as well. And, you know, I, I have this rule of thumb, you know, when you're making a big purchase, I walk away and reflect on how this purchase is going to impact you and your life. And uh, because making that wrong purchase can have a very negative impact on you. Uh, and I found that that same uh, kind of rule of thumb applies when you're hiring employees. So true. We get buyer's remorse. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you have to fix it, right? And and that's a whole nother uh, set of energy challenges you have to put into your business. Rob, thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way in which uh, members of the audience can find you, find your company, all the good stuff? Yeah. So you can reach me via LinkedIn um, or you can reach... Uh, me through my company at uh, ptoexchange.com um, and look forward to having a conversation with anyone who would like to know more. And you guys are doing really cool work, by the way, because I dug into the platform and you showed it to me and I was like, wow, it's something that's outside the box that I wouldn't have thought about, but I'll probably end up using as we grow. Yep. Well, appreciate your time, Rick. Yeah, most definitely. Well, I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. After all, this show is for you, and we continue to bring valuable content week after week. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or you can drop me an email at rickettstridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. Our guest is going to be Ted Bradshaw. Now, Ted is a expert EOS implementer and community leader for EOS worldwide. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn Live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to hiring success, Rick Gerard. Rick Gerard.